Welcome to Digging Deeper in Grace, a ministry of Grace Baptist Church in Cedarville, Ohio. Our goal each episode is to dig deeper into the scriptures with a focus on our most recent sermon. And now let's dig deeper. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Digging Deeper in Grace. I'm your host, Lindell Rising, and I'm excited to be filling in for this week for Bart Sheridan. Uh, This morning, I'm talking with Thad Franz and Trent Rogers about our latest sermon at Grace Baptist Church. On Sunday, Tim Cockrell shared a message from Exodus 13, 16 to 14, 31. Thad and Trent, thanks for joining me. Thanks Thanks for having us. for filling in. So, um, at the beginning of the message, Pastor Tim showed us a map um, of Egypt, and he traced the route that the Israelites actually took to get to the Promised Land. When he showed us where they should have gone compared to where they actually did go, it was very clear that they took a very circuitous route. It's not a direct route to where they were. And then he asked the question, what purpose could this direction possibly serve? Um, and as I, as he asked the question, I was thinking, okay, there have been lots of times in my life that I've asked God that question. <laughs> um, why are you taking me down that path? And so my question for you is, why does God do that? Why does he take us down an unexpected path or in an unexpected direction? Yeah, it's a good question. I think we can all relate to a time where we felt like we were going to go one direction and unexpectedly uh, situations occurred where you know that God was in it and you're asking the question why. Uh, Honestly, I'm kind of in a certain situation right now that an unexpected twist uh, happened yesterday, actually. Uh, That's going to impact an event that I'll have next week. And I think as Christians, it's good to pause and see what God is doing and ask the question, what is he teaching me? Mm -hmm. Um, I think uh, the easy answer to this question is it's to grow our faith, our dependence on the Lord who knows best. If everything was usual and comfortable and perfect, then we wouldn't need to have faith. (laughs) And I think we see in our passage that God was directing them in an unexpected way because they were not ready. He was protecting them. And even though they were equipped for battle, which is what the scripture says, it doesn't mean that they were prepared to go in for that battle. And sometimes God does that for us. uh, When we're not ready, when we need to grow, and we need to persevere. And ultimately, God does all this for his glory. And we see multiple times in our passage this past week that uh, his goal for all that he was doing was that the Egyptians would know that he was the Lord. And if the Israelites were going to go out um, out on this one, it would only be because it was of God. And so when something unexpected happens, uh, are we thinking maybe God wants to reveal himself and draw people to himself? This is a question that we should probably be asking. That's a helpful perspective, Thad. Um, and I think you're right to say that we don't always know the reasons that we're on, as Lindell said, the circuitous route. Um, so, you know, we have really explicitly here in 1317, uh, God led them by this way, and we, we know the purpose here. And, you know, Jesus goes a circuitous route. He has to go to Egypt for his safety when he, he is young. And sometimes we have that experience of, uh, of knowing why God is doing what he's doing. And sometimes the people in Scripture have that. But oftentimes, as Thad was alluding to, I think our experience is more like that of Job, 
who has a lot of things happening to him, and he doesn't know that heavenly dialogue that is going on. And I think it's important in those moments that when things don't make sense, and nevertheless we trust God, we're treating him as God and not as another human being who owes us an explanation. And that gets back to what, Thad, you were saying about uh, it's, it's teaching us. It's the school of faith, as, as Tim said mm-hmm. on, on Sunday. It's good. Um, so sometimes that unexpected direction takes us through difficult things. A lot of times that's why, as you guys just said, that's why, it, that's why he's taking us there. Um, took the Israelites. They were wandering around the, de- the desert. And all of a sudden, where you were before doesn't seem so bad. And you begin to rom- romanticize and, and think, huh, maybe I would have been better off if I'd stayed back there. And I think maybe that was the better place to be. Why is it dangerous to live in that past? What are we missing if we do that? Yeah, so I, I think we don't, we don't want to have a reluctance as Christians to retell the past because Scripture does that constantly. But the question is, why does Scripture retell the past and foretell the future? Um, and we, we have both of those elements in Scripture. The reason for that is to teach us how to live in the present. So when we, we look at the past and we, we see this retelling, I mean, God says a number of times, you're to teach your children. And that's what the Song of Moses in chapter 15 is about. We're going we're gonna to retell mm-hmm. the story because this is going to teach us how to live in the present. So... What God is doing is he's instructing his people to view their circumstances on the, the grand biblical storyline so that we're, we're grounded as Christians in the cross and we're, we're heavenward hoping. So we're hope-shaped people, and I think he's, he's pointing us towards e- eternal hopes. And to anticipate just a little bit about uh, Pastor Burr's sermon on Sunday, mm-hmm. when he gets into Hebrews 11, one of the themes there is that they, they had their hopes fixed on, on a homeland. And that homeland is even beyond the promised land. And it concludes that chapter with the world was not worthy of them because they have their hopes set on New Jerusalem and ultimately life with God forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, when we were reading the passage... Um, as a congregation, I, I hadn't read it a lot ahead of time, but we got to Exodus fourteen thirteen to 14, which says, And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. And as soon as we started reading those verses, memories were flooding. Um, those verses were the ones that my mom claimed more than 20 years ago when she was going through cancer. Um, and she was fighting hard. Um, ultimately, the cancer was stronger than my mom was. But throughout those months that, you know, with my I was watching my mom go through um, that disease, mm-hmm. I could see the Lord fighting for her. I could mm-hmm. see her resting and depending on him and him fighting for her and him um, just making things happen so that things were in place if she was gone, that we could still, that things would still be okay, that he was preparing a way. And, and 
ultimately, that fight didn't end the way my mom wanted it to. We lost her ultimately to healing in heaven. Hmm. But those verses stuck with me from from those years. The Lord will fight for you. And um, I haven't thought about him a long time. It's been my mom passed 20 plus years ago. Um, but those it all came flooding back when we read those again. And the the challenge for me came with those three commands. Fear not, stand firm, be silent. So can we unpack those? Because those to me seem to be the important parts there. Yeah, no, I, I think this is just a, a couple of verses here that really stand out to this whole passage and, and really points to uh, the initial response that Moses had to the Israelites grumbling and looking back in the past in an unhealthy way, uh, seeing uh, the, the past as this uh, exaggerated blessing where uh, we see Moses' response here is, is really a rebuke, a, a correction. Uh, a lot of times when we think of the idea of fear not, which is shared over 300 times in the Bible, we think of it as an encouragement, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, fear not, um, I bring you glad tidings of great joy, but this is not one of those times. This is really a rebuke because of the unhealthy focus of the Israelites of their past and their circumstance. And, and the whole idea of standing firm, even to your, your personal testimony there, um, is an, an idea of standing on the promises of God when circumstances, emotions, and even temptations seem to start to distort our view of God and and where he has us. Mm -hmm. And I just love this response by Moses in this passage where we see God speaking very loudly that he is with them, Mm -hmm. that he is a personal speaking God and speaking truth that is happening right in the midst of their living and happening, happening in supernatural ways. Uh, and just the idea of God fighting for his people, uh, I, we can relate to that. Uh, and, and God today is also using his people, our community, to speak mm-hmm. these promises when we're in a world today that seems to just continue to sway the wrong way. We need to be reminding uh, each other of these promises. We need to be remembering the character of our God, and and we have God's word to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And then I think uh, even similarly, when we think of the idea of being silent, um, we talked a lot about this in our community group this week of just uh, Sabbathing and, and reflecting and pausing mm-hmm. uh, so we can hear God. And I think a lot of times we personally miss God revealing himself because of the noise in our lives. Uh, We don't slow down enough to pray moments of thankful prayers to the Lord for his answered prayers. We don't take time to slow down and meditate on God's word and what it's truly saying because we're distracted by email, social media, or our calendar. And ultimately, being silent shows that God is enough and we're the ones that are not in control and we are seeking to understand what he's doing and not focus so much on what we're doing. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and your, your mom had a, a certain hermeneutic, we would say, uh, of Scripture in a sense, because she, the, this is a specific promise to a specific people in a specific time 
against a specific enemy, mm-hmm. the Egyptians. Mm-hmm. Um, and in her case, she, she obviously knew she wasn't fighting against the, the Egyptians, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but she, 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 I think, was looking at this biblical theological theme. So even if you flip over into chapter 15 where this event is retold, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. And we see that theme throughout all of Scripture that God is fighting for his people, which ultimately points us to Jesus who fights for his people. And he is pictured as the ultimate conqueror in the book of Revelation. So she was taking this this biblical theological theme of God fighting for his people and resting in that. And there's that constant command in Scripture as that said, fear not, stand firm. So it's Mm -hmm. like, like... don't don't be afraid, but have faith. Stand firm in, in the faith. And the idea of being silent is is that we're to rest in God's provision. Um, yeah, and just to add to that, the the good thing is what we see the last verse of the passage in chapter fourteen is they actually turned away from their unhealthy view of fear mm-hmm. and feared the Lord and believed we, in Him. Yeah. And, and and so um, even Moses' uh, use of this rebuke turned into truly what uh, the Lord wanted to, for His people to see is, uh, you can believe in me and you should have a healthy view uh, of me. That's, thank you. That's good. <laughs> um so one of the phrases that uh, Pastor Tim pulled out was for his name's sake. And as I've read the Bible, especially Psalms, I feel like has a lot of that phrase or for my name's sake. We find that a lot in the in the New Testament. Um, and it, he gave us a reason why it was there. But can you kind of when we apply this to something, it's happened for his name's sake or he did it for my name's sake. What does that mean? Just me, Thad? Okay, it's okay. Um, so this idea of God being about his glory mm-hmm. is a theme in, in all of Scripture. Um, so I think Tim made the comment on Sunday, God is glorified both in salvation and in judgment. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you've got these, these ideas of God judging those who rebel and saving those who have faith. And God is glorified in both of those events. So for, for, the, uh, for the idea of salvation, you think about Ephesians 1, there's this repeated idea of for the praise of his glory, for the praise mm-hmm. of his glory. Mm-hmm. So he, he redeems his people. He adopts them as sons for the praise of his glory. And the same can be said about judgment for God's name's sake. So the question then, as, as I was working through this with my family, is... My kids looked at me. My kids are, are younger. They're uh, three, seven, and nine. And they said, well, that seems selfish. Like, I'm not supposed to be about my name's <laughs> sake or for the praise of my own glory. And, and that was like, that's exactly the point. You are not God. There is one being in the whole universe for which the universe is to be oriented around him. And actually, the most loving thing God can do is to orient everything towards himself. Mm-hmm. And that seems like crazy to us, but that's God being God and mm-hmm. us not being God. So that when God orients the whole world 
around himself. He is the rightful center. So that when our lives are focused then on God as the center of everything for the praise of his name, that's actually where we flourish most because that's how we're designed to operate. Yeah, and I would say that refers me back to just a few chapters ago when he shared with Moses what his name was. I am the great I am. I am who I say that I am. And he continues to show that he is behind all things and desires for others to see who he is and to see his character. And each time that he mentions for my namesake, this is a reminder of I am at work. See who I am because one day every knee will bow and tongue will confess of who he is regardless of if they believe or not. And all God will do is for his glory. And so these are good reminders for not only the believer, but the unbeliever that has not trusted in his name. So uh, towards the end of the message, one of the things that Pastor Tim said was, um, sin makes us stupid. (laughs) And of course, I chuckled along with everyone else because, you know, I can relate to that in some ways. But I actually really started thinking about what that could mean. Um, And what does that, how does that impact my life? So what did he mean by that? What does sin makes us stupid? Yeah. So when I was thinking of that, I was thinking of sin, but in particular, I was thinking of the sin of pride. That makes us foolish. And multiple times in the book of Proverbs, we see the foolishness of a prideful man, prideful woman. We've seen this over the last several weeks in our study of Exodus and the example of Pharaoh. And honestly, I see my sin and my stupidity crouch at my door, and sometimes it rears its head. I fall into that same pattern that makes me look stupid. And if we're honest, we're all Pharaohs without the grace of God in our Mm -hmm. lives. And in our sin, may the spirit within or the friends around us in our community be a help and a reminder to us that the gospel of grace is what we need through Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. And, and when I think about that, when I'm reminding myself of the gospel, when, when I have community friends that are reminding me of that, it humbles me to know, okay, I'm in still need of this grace. I am still weak without the grace of God. Um, it helps me to see uh, myself to be content in the grace of God and to have gratitude towards the work of Christ on my behalf. Uh, So I cannot focus on my condemnation. I cannot focus on my guilt, but I can focus on the love of Christ. And it helps me fight Hmm. the stupid life, (laughs) as Tim might say, you know, and and it's going to be a constant fight to the very end. Um, And so that's why we need God's word uh, for these reminders. We need to see who God is, but we need others that can remember and remind us. That's why we gather together. That's why we uh, live life together, uh, because we have to fight this wretched heart that still likes to try to take over and remind ourselves of the spirit within us. Sin's always a stupid choice. Yeah, um, It's always choosing a lesser. And I think one of the most freeing things for Christians is to realize that the, the that life with Christ is greater mm-hmm. than the passing pleasures of yeah. sin. Amen. And you mentioned a verse that was was helpful for you. Go to Hebrews 11. By faith Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, 
choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures mm-hmm. of sin. Mm-hmm. And, and what motivates that? Well, he considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. Amen. And I think that's a helpful uh, a thought as we live the Christian life, that, that if you're allowed to say stupid in church, um, uh, that, that sin is a stupid choice, uh-huh. and it makes us stupid in its pursuit because um, it's only a passing pleasure, and we look towards Christ and the reward. Amen. Wow, this has been great this morning. I have so enjoyed this and speaking with you. A big thanks to Thad Franz and Trent Rogers for joining me on this episode of Digging Deeper in Grace. We've been discussing our recent sermon from Exodus 13 and 14, and you can access that message on demand through YouTube, and you can access each podcast episode by using your favorite podcast app or by visiting gracecedarville.org on the World Wide Web and clicking podcast on the media tab. We also encourage you to share your questions and comments with us each week by emailing them to contact at gracecedarville.org. Plan to join us next week as we continue our discussion of God's Word in Exodus. Until we meet again, I'm your host, Lindahl Rising, thanking you for tuning in to this week's episode of Digging Deeper in Grace. Digging Deeper in Grace is a ministry of Grace Baptist Church in Cedarville, Ohio. Visit us online at gracecedarville.org and join us next time as we continue our discussion. In the meantime, we invite you to continue digging deeper in grace as you read God's Word.